Hello there, and welcome back to the next episode of the Elevate Your Booking show. I'm your host, Conrad O'Connell. Today, we were joined by Tyann Marsink-Hammond. Tyann, as you'll come to see in the episode, is a wonder of information when it comes to vacation rental photography, but really, she's a lot more than that. Tyann has a phenomenal background and an insane amount of experience when it comes to the entire process of operating, running, selling marketing, promoting, you know, every facet of vacation rental management that Tyann excels at. Today's episode, we really dig into the photography end of things, how you can really make the guest experience from a visual standpoint stand out early on. And then, of course, as you transition into welcoming that guest into the property, how does their expectations with your photography and with your listing presentation map out with their reality of actually experiencing the property? So we want to thank Tyann for joining us. Let's dive right into our episode with Tyann. All right, so we're here with Tyann. Tyann, thanks for joining us on this episode. We appreciate it. Tell the people a little bit of background about you, Tyann, your experience in the vacation rental industry, and why you're here talking with us today. Thanks, Conrad. So I'm Tyann Marsink-Hammond, and I started in vacation rentals way back in 2007. So I am pre-Airbnb, that time when you took checks for payment, Mm -hmm. you know, months, even two years in advance, and all people saw online was photos and your description. I I, I missed the whole ad in the magazine and newspaper part of the industry, but I was in the part where it was Verbo and Craigslist. I mean, I even listed on Craigslist. So it goes back that far. And at the time, I also had my own um, children's room decor business. And that's where I learned the very much, very needed importance of photography, as well as the about page about who you are and building those trust points. So fast forward to now, we're at the end of 2021. And I have two brands of vacation rentals, own and manage other folks. And my husband and I, we look at the management business as we don't want to be the biggest, but we do want to be the best and providing an amazing guest experience to our guests, as well as managing the assets and experience for our owner clients as well. So we're really picky on who we take on board. And then on top of that, I'm also the community ambassador for Touch Day Digital Guidebooks. Um, my company that I mentioned, my, my children's room decor, I retired that this summer after 16 years. And then I have a line of photography that is a sports fan art called Love of the Game. And then I have um, a husband. I have three boys, teenagers. My husband has three kids. And then through them, there's two grandkids. So I get to be grandma at the very young age, but it's really fun. <laughs> So, so you're not doing anything most days. You're just kind of sitting around and. No, you know, I just here. sit and wait for <laughs> my friends like Conrad to call me up and say, "Hey, you want to chat?" Awesome. Well, I mean, you know, as we've got to know each other a little bit over the past few years, you know, I always know you have a million things going on. So being able to summarize them in a few minutes is actually pretty impressive, but probably doesn't speak to the scope of what you're actually doing on a day to day basis. So Alessandra and I, we did want to bring you on today because we did want to dig into more kind of the visual side of things. You mentioned guest experience. I think that's a solid place to start. Tell me about how you kind of see the guest experience literally starting. So when someone's actually on your listing, whether that's on your website, or like you said, on a listing site, whatever the case may be, what's that visual experience? experience that you think people should be doing for their guests? What should they see literally when they're actually looking at your listing? Obviously, you know, we've all heard the stuff about, oh, you should hire a professional photographer. That seems like an easy thing to say, but there's a lot more to it than that, isn't there? 
There is. And when someone looks at your listing, they're actually looking at it in search results. So when you think about it, the first interaction they have with your listing is a tiny thumbnail. And when they're on their mobile phone, we're talking what? Inch and a half? That's it? Square? So you got to be able to be really focused on what type of image are you going to draw them in with? Is it something that's super cluttered? Is it something that's bright and lots of colors? Is it going to be something simple? You have... And then on top of that, you got to think about your target guest. So in Branson, we, we have our um, business Branson Family Retreats, and we focus on large families. And when I say large, I mean large. So I come from a family of, I'm the oldest of six kids, and we get together holidays and Memorial Day weekend. We're talking 25 to 30 people, just our immediate family. But when you add spouses and kids and my parents and some, and then my grandparents. So to us, that's a large family. So three to four generation families is who we go after. And sometimes that might be six or seven people, but it could be inquiries that I get of up to a hundred people because there's large families out there. And some people don't think about that. But if I'm going to show a picture of wine glasses in front of a fireplace, super romantic, that is not my target guest. And I'm not going to get those large families to click on that. So I have to be very focused on how am I going to get the large families to come stay at these particular properties. And if I fail at that, I've already failed at the first touch point for the guest experience. Mm-hmm. Alessandra, you did some research too on like how people process images and how they do it so quickly. What did your research tell you about like literally how important that, you know, tiny thumbnail is that Tyann is talking about? Well, I was researching, I was looking up the power of visuals. So they're saying that 65% of the population, we are visual learners. So people are retaining 80% of what they see. So if you're using this when you're thinking about a vacation rental, right? That thumbnail is very important because that's what you're going to see as a guest, as someone that might want to book your property. And visuals, they stick in your long-term memory. They transmit messages faster. And they're also visual cues to trigger emotions. So just like Tyann's talking about, you know, the larger groups of people that go to her property, she can trigger emotions to those people through photographs, right, Tyann? Absolutely. Uh, That's why I am making sure I show a picture, you know, within my listing, it's not my my lead, but in my listing, the dining area, because that's one of our number one requests. A family who travels together wants to eat together and they want to know that they can all sit together and have a meal and not have to do shifts. That is very important. What you said about the trust and how it builds those trust points you got to think about the other end too. So a lot of people say, oh, I can't afford professional photos. It's so pricey. You know, I don't want to do $150. I don't want to do $200. I don't know if you wanted to talk about pricing, Conrad and Alessandra, but it's, that's too cheap. When you find a vacation rental specific photographer, you want to look at it as not the number of dollars, but the number of nights that it will cost you. Mm-hmm. Now, both ways, because it might dollar-wise cost you the amount of one night or two nights, or how many nights are you losing because you have really crappy photos? Because psychologically, if someone can't trust those photos, 
They're not going to trust you. If your photos are crooked at an angle and people are looking at that, their brain's like, oh, that's not a very good place to sleep. I could fall off the bed, even though they're (laughs) so, you know, subconsciously they might be thinking that, but then their eyes are like, oh, it's a bed. I wonder how that room actually is. Or they're showing too much of the ceiling and not enough of a floor to give the sense of walking into a room versus someone super tall standing on a ladder looking down. It's like, oh yeah, there's a floor. Nice. I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's just too competitive out there, you know, for you to be mm-hmm. like, if there's an area that there's not many areas where you can kind of half-heartedly do something, but I feel like the presentation of your listing, obviously on the uh, guest look side of things, we're very concerned with the description, but even when it comes to the photos, I think I've, and I've said this to people that we've talked to on the phone before, I'm like, photos are king, you know, or queen, or if you will, right? That's mm-hmm. the most important thing. I do think you can kind of get by with a subpar description. I don't think you can get by with subpar photography. It's just, it's too important. And the guest is going to look through that description or and that a listing, and they're probably just not even going to click on you, right? If they don't see something compelling and interesting early on, they're probably just going to shrug their shoulders and go to a listing that has that, right? So have you seen any like case studies or anything like that, tie-in that you've worked on where a property went from sort of drab photos to excellent photos and it made a difference, like you said, in terms of nights booked and rate and yes. revenue and all those areas? Yes. One of my first clients, they gave me the numbers and of pre-photos that I did for them and then the following two years of after the new photos. And it was incredible. The Before the photos, they were t- grossing $25,000 a year. Mm-hmm. After the photos was over $50,000 mm-hmm. the next year. There was no other change, no change in the description, no change in how they handled guests. The demand didn't change. I mean, it was a really great case study in the fact that there was no other changes except for the photos. And I'm like, I I would totally invest $500 plus. That's all they paid at that time was $500 to get that type of return. It's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. When you see photos that are quote unquote professionally done, meaning let's say they were done by someone that, you know, knows how to work a camera or maybe they do a different type of photography. Is there things that you think that even, you know, professionals miss though, like in terms of, like you said, staging or layout or, hey, like you don't really need a photo of this hallway, no one cares, but you missed a photo of the bathroom, that kind of thing. Like, What are some common mistakes that you see even by people that do have like the right, let's say the right gear, but that maybe they don't have the right knowledge, the right skill set to take the right Mm -hmm. photos? So what I tell people, the most important part of the camera is the 12 inches behind it. (laughs) Meaning the person taking the photos, right? Yeah. person taking the photos. So even if you go on my websites, half the photos are with my nice Nikon camera. The other Mm -hmm. half are with my iPhone. It really depends upon the person using the tool. And when I teach photography, I always bring up this case about these German guys who made this fantastic series of photographs. And every single photograph was made from a pinhole camera out of a garbage dumpster. And you can go look at these. It was done in Germany. It was these German people that took these garbage dumpsters, created pinhole cameras at them, placed them in certain spots to have the setting and everything. And these photos are fantastic. It really proves that it's the person using the tool that makes the big difference. Now, when you talk about different niches of photography, you know, it's fairly easy now to get a well-exposed photo. But like you said, it comes down to staging. It comes down to 
exactly how you frame the photo, what angle you're at, what height level you're at. So you don't want to be too high. You don't want to be too low. And you, what you're doing with vacation rentals specifically is you have to sell an experience. You have to sell time. You have to sell enough where someone is ready to hand thousands of dollars over to a complete stranger months in advance after only seeing photos and reading a description versus other niches where you might meet that person in person or real estate where the goal is to get the buyer into the house and step foot into the house, not to actually completely sell the house where money exchanges photos. So vacation rental photography is very fine tuned niche with problems, solutions, you know, that you got to be aware of. Yeah. And it's not just like you said, it's not just having the right gear because anyone could just go out to Amazon or whatever BH photo and grab three grand of camera gear. But if, like you said, if the 12 inches behind it doesn't really know what they're doing, then they're going to have, like you said, maybe they'll be sharp in terms of exposure, but they won't be framed right. Except so. When you say staging, walk me through that a little bit. When you're kind of, let's say you're going to shoot a brand new property tomorrow, what would be some things that you would look for in that property to set up beyond just, let's assume the property's in sort of perfect physical condition? Would you, like you said, the idea of wine glasses in front of a fireplace, not right for your properties, but for some properties that might be very compelling, right? So how do you decide or how should an owner out there listening decide what they could stage their property for? Is it just looking at their guest profile? Absolutely. Look at your guest profile. Look at the the guest you're targeting, who you want to come. But before you do the fine tuning of staging, like the wine glasses in front of the fireplace, look at the details around the room first. When When you walk into a room in person, your eyes are very forgiving of what they see. They don't always see the details. But when you take a photo, your eyes are not forgiving. And they see every single detail. So that means the pillows on the couch that are not fluffed. It means the bed that's made, but the sheets hanging out the bottom of it, or your curtains not straight. The artwork is crooked. There's all these little details. The TV cords are hanging out the back. These things make your photo not as appealing. So the first thing I do when I walk into a property that the owner says, hey, it's ready to go, it's clean, I've got it set up, I actually go through a room and walk the wall just like a cleaner would do following the wall, but looking at every single item and and touching things to make sure that um, things are arranged on a mantle correctly and neatly because all of these details will absolutely show in a photo. And then when I'm done, I take a, what I call a practice photo. And what that is, I take that. And then I look at the photo on the screen and my eyes will then catch more details that need to be fixed before I do an actual photo that I want to keep. And so I'll do that through the entire house, do the basic photos. And when I frame them, I make sure people can see into the next room. So you're creating a flow and they know where the rooms are. And then I encourage owners to put the photos in an order as if you're walking them through the house because our brains love order and organization. And when you just throw random photos in random spots and you don't even put the same room photos next to each other, it's very confusing to people. And I know myself personally, when I look through a listing and I can't quite place where a room is in relation to another room, 
And then I, all of a sudden later, 10 photos later, I'm like, oh, was that the same room I looked at 10 photos ago? I'm not sure. And my trust level unconsciously goes down for this listing. So making sure your photos flow into one another, and then you want photos that one sell because you're going to sell with emotion. So you're going to hit those emotional factors, but then you have to have photos that are very factual and they justify the purchase. So your wide angle photos show the entire room and the doorway to the next room. Those are very factual photos. You've got to have those. The photos that show off the artwork and the pillows on the bed and how comfortable the look is created, those are the emotional photos. And you can't, you need some, but not a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Is there a specific number that you found is right? And obviously it depends on the size of the property, right? A, a one bedroom is obviously going to have a lot less than some of your large properties that you have, but is there some sort of guidelines that you've seen? Oh, you know, 30 photos is okay. 40, if you can hit these major checkpoints that you've mentioned. I, I really encourage people to do at minimum two photos per room. And that includes the exterior as well. So exterior spaces. So even, you know, one in the front, one in the back. Do you have things in outdoor area as well? And generally, if you're going to hit an actual number, I mean, I think the recommendation is around 20 or so. And like you said, my problem with large property is I easily hit that 50 limit on Verbo and wishing I had more. Right, right. Yeah, especially it will, by that logic of two per room plus the outdoor spaces, you know, one of your larger properties that has eight bedrooms, I mean, you're already at what, you know, 16 <laughs> to 20 photos before you've even taken any common area photos or anything like that. Right, so, right. And we yeah. have massive outdoor spaces too. So I'm like, okay, one photo per bedroom and there's 10 bathrooms, but I'm only going to show two of them because I'm out of space and the bathrooms all look alike. Yeah, you have to make some tough decisions there. So what about some of these more, I guess, maybe advanced forms of photography? You know, with some clients that we've worked with have used things like virtual tours or these Matterport style cameras. Do you think that's going to continue to kind of grow in popularity? Are people going to prefer that experience to like, you know, plain static photo or do these things work together? What's your take on it? Absolutely work together. You've got to have both. As people meaning the travelers and guests love the Matterport that they can walk through it. And virtual tours in that manner, other people dislike it. They don't like the user experience of it. So they want other types of things. Either way, Matterport or interactive floor plans or just plain floor plans, I think are super important to go along with your static images. And then there's video as well. So I actually have an interactive floor plan that I've just added to one of my houses. And I've also put it into my digital guidebook through Touchday. And the reason I put this in here in there is because I have guests wanting to figure out who's going to sleep where before they come. So putting it on my website and putting it in my guidebook so that they have access in both places. And when I talked to True Place about this, they gave me a percentage. I, I want to say it's 30%, but you'll have to double check with them. They, they had data showing that people spent like 30% more time on your website and looking there. So then of course, as you know, Google loves it when people spend more time on your website. So I'm thinking, great, this is awesome. So then the other thing I do to make sure people can see where the rooms are in relation to each other and how they'll work is to do a video tour. And with the video tour, 
I used to think it had to be super professional and you got to have the music and you got to have the transitions and be all fancy. But now with the way social media is and how people crave the realness, I've totally scrapped that. And so for instance, last week I went to one of my properties. I did a very quick six minute tour of the nine bedroom house and walked through the house, making sure, you know, if you have a gimbal, you want to use a gimbal to keep it steady because shaky video is horrible. And then of course you want audio because the most important part of a video is the audio of it. And so people can hear what you're saying and did a quick walkthrough to show exactly where the rooms are, who that room is set up for. So for instance, my clients call it the grandma room because that is the handicap accessible room. So you want to make sure, hey, this is where grandma will sleep. This is where Aunt Susie will sleep with. This is where the dog goes. And this is the kitchen. And here you go upstairs, you know, doing a very simple raw video. And that shows off your brand personality. They've already read your tone, read your voice in the listing description. They've seen the great photos. And so now you're building all those trust points and you're becoming someone that they know, like, and trust, and then they're ready to spend their money with you. Right. Exactly. Now, Alessandra, you've gone through this experience with your property, right? Did you start with professional photos when you got going with someone like it, like in Aruba or how did that look for you? What was kind of your journey when it came to that visual presentation of your, of your listings? Well, I have a very good story for you because I actually went into this thinking like, oh, I could do the photos myself. And I actually took a photography course in New York. I went all the way to New York. I live in New Jersey. I went all the way to New York and I took this photography class that was only a day, but it was lengthy. It was fun to learn. And then I bought the camera and all. And then once it was time for me to take the photos of my rental, I was like, I can't do this. And I just completely backed out. I was like, I just don't have, I didn't think that they would come out as good as a photographer. So I backed out of it and I actually got a real estate photographer and he did it for me. And actually he did a drone video for me inside the condo, which I thought was cool. He used a drone inside. And then I was telling Conrad recently that I want to get new photos done. And like you were saying, Tyann, I'm very detailed. So if I see a bed skirt that's not correctly placed, I will be extremely annoyed <laughs> with that photograph. Right. So I told Conrad, you know, I want to get them done, but I haven't been to the islands in a while. So I said, I have to be there when it's done. I can't just hire someone and not be there because for me, it's just not something that I can do. So yes, I went with the real estate photographer the first time. This time I'm kind of looking into something else. I've found someone else. He's, he does a different, he does all different photography and he's done for other rentals. So I'm going to go with him, but I want to get the new photos. So that was kind of my journey. I thought I could do it myself and then I backed out. (laughs) That's a really good story. And, And it makes, it makes a good point too, that it's okay to do your photos in steps you know, start yourself to get it going if you want. I've got an ebook you can buy and you can learn more about how to set the property up, what angles to use, and then use that for a little while. And then like you said, Alessandra, you want to be there for that professional photo shoot, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's hard to coordinate time. So you've got to be able to do have those midterm photos until you're then later to have the professional photos. Then you get to repeat all that in three years when it's time to update the photos, right? 
But if you look at the cost, and even if you're going to fly someone in from another country or another area, look at the cost as in, okay, if it's going to cost me a thousand in travel plus a thousand for the photos, and I'm going to lose two nights at 300 a night to get this done. So I'm looking at $2,600 investment here. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many nights at high season is that going to take? Let's say your high season's $500 a night. So we're talking just over five nights at high season. Do you have five extra nights during high season to cover that cost? Or maybe 10 nights in the shoulder seasons to cover that cost? My guess is most likely yes. Those people who are 95 to 100% booked look at it as, can you raise your rates by $5 a night? Will you cover that cost? Yes. It is truly a no-brainer to get the best photos possible. Yeah. So I believe you said it a moment ago there. So three years, you think, is a reasonable amount of time, assuming no fundamental property changes, meaning, Mm -hmm. you know, we've had some people that have like added pools into rentals during COVID. They added a pool into a property and then they obviously had to get a reshot because the property fundamentally changed. But other than that, you think that if good photos can last that long, they can last two or three years potentially. Absolutely. And, And if your property basically stays the same, if you are updating your linens and you're doing the white linens, you're doing the triple sheeting. So, you know, none of that's changing. If you're taking really good care of your property maintenance wise, absolutely. Your photos could last three years, if not four or five years. But if you're not taking care of your property maintenance-wise, if you're changing more than just a piece of art here or there, or if you do a fundamental change like a pool or a complete redecorate, you've got to get those new photos in. Switching gears for a second, you know, you joked at the beginning of the call, you're like pre-Airbnb as far as your time in the industry. What's changed? I mean, obviously, probably some of the technology is better from a photography standpoint in terms of like the sharpness and the, you know, DSLR camera might be higher quality today than it was in 2007, let's say. But is it just that or have other things changed in your opinion as far as the staging and what people expect? And what, what it, I guess that's my first part. And the second part, what do you think is going to change as we head into you know the future? I think expectations have changed dramatically. Before, people were okay with seeing the really crappy photos, the fuzzy ones, the dark ones. Now, and I spent several years, as you know, talking to owners, hosts, managers, saying you've got to get good photos. This is why good photos are important. And I would go around traveling to conferences and talking about this. And I think finally people are realizing how important it it, it really truly is. And it's got to be part of your marketing budget. So with that change, so you have more and more your competition using professional photos. Now the travelers are realizing, oh, okay, nicer photos. My expectations are going up. So you also don't want to oversell your property. You want to stay true to your property. So don't go too wide of an angle don't with the shots don't zoom in on a tiny pool table at an angle that it makes it look like a full-size pool table and then your guests arrive and they're like oh wait a second this isn't true so you're building those trust points so the expectation has dramatically gone up from the travelers expectations of what they want now they might book your place that has 
not so great photos, but they've seen so many other properties with great photos that they're placing those expectations on you as well. So, you know, through the photos, through your listing description, through your house rules, through your entire communication with your guests, you've got to be very clear on setting expectations and boundaries and answering questions before they even ask them. I think that really helps with the expectation part. And as far as future, I think it's just going to continue. You know, as vacation rentals, short-term rentals grow continuously in popularity and a way to travel. Yeah, I feel like on the expectation side of things or the misleading framing, uh, a client of ours, we do manage reviews for a number of our clients and a client of ours got a negative review recently. And yeah, I, I thought this was a valid one where basically the photographer had framed the shot of the exterior of the property to kind of make it seem like you had no neighbors, whereas this property is actually pretty close to another property. And they thought they were kind of booking this peaceful, serene cabin out in the woods. And it kind of is, but it's also, you know, let's say 35 feet from another cabin in the woods. And they didn't particularly appreciate that. So I'm with you. Certainly, we want to put our best foot forward, but we don't want to mislead people, right? I think it's easy right. to be ethically dubious when it comes to the world of framing or Photoshop, even, you know, you could change things and make them look a lot nicer than they are. So I'm totally. with you there. Every and professional the, is one thing and good looking is one thing, but misleading is something else, isn't it? Right. And if you've got something that's a negative about your property, be upfront about it. Be very upfront about it. I mean, I have a couple houses that are in neighborhoods that are still being built and will continue to have construction throughout 2022. So very high up in my listing, I tell people there is construction going on generally during working hours during the week, but we're not going to promise you exact times or days or anything like that, but it is going on. And then the pictures in the listing, making sure we show what's going on in the backyard, not covering that up, not angling the photos to where we totally miss it, but make sure it's there. And the same thing with any houses next to it, make your framing far enough back that you do see what's on either side of the property as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's I think that's critical. Absolutely. What else, Alessandra? Should we ask Tyann what we have her here? Anything else that the people should know about kind of this guest experience and the visual nature of booking a property? Well, the one main question I have for you, Tyann, is when we're talking about that thumbnail photo, what do you think are the best photos to have there? You know, is it the interior? Is it the bedroom? Is it a pool? You know, everyone does a little bit of everything, but what have you seen really is the most capturing kind of thumbnail in your opinion? Definitely will very much depend upon your one, your target guest who we talked about, but also your area. And then you need to look at what those around you are doing. So be a guest, be a traveler, do a search, you know, and see what the results are. If people are showing the exteriors of their condo building constantly or a shot of the ocean view from the condo balcony and it looks the same across the board, right. you know, none of that is going to stand out. So you have to find something where it stands out bright colors, but not Harry Potter esque where they're overly done. You know, you want it real realistic. And then you could even do a little bit of staging. So for instance, my um, properties in Branson, the lake view, everybody wants a lake view. That's super important. 
So how do you frame that lake view that is different than everybody else's lake view? So like what on mine, I make sure I include the deck with it. So you can see the seats you're going to sit in. You can see that you're actually on the deck with this view, not just a random lake view that could have been taken anywhere. That way you're showing and building that trust point of this is the view you will have from this spot. And then make sure it's targeting your guests. So since it's big groups, I show I have a large couch, large sectional on the deck for everybody to sit around. And then you can see the table outside by the grills, you know, total scene where someone sees it and says, oh, I want to be there in that photo. I want to step into that photo and recreate that and be with them. Right. I think that's a good thing because for instance, in Aruba, like if you, you know, type in Aruba and Airbnb, you're going to get, basically you're seeing the same pictures over and over again. It's either a pool or it's the beach. And that's what you're seeing over and over again. I think that's a great tip, you know, always the staging. I think staging is kind of very important. Well, it's not kind of, it is very important right now. I think especially with the listings and now, you know, a lot of people are moving towards the professional photography. So you have to think of ways to stand out, not standing out where you're misleading, but standing out, you know, giving them that visual experience of what it's going to be like at your rental. And with the staging, one thing to keep in mind is that whatever scene you create in your staging, make sure your guests are able to recreate that scene. So don't completely set up all the place settings for a huge family meal and then not provide those place settings because Mm -hmm. your guests are going to come and expect that they can recreate this. And if they can't, they're going to be really disappointed. Don't fill the space with this amazing artwork on the walls and this incredible bed in the bedroom. And then after the photos are done, remove everything. And they get just a plain bed and maybe a piece of artwork on the wall. You can't do that either. So whatever staging you do, with whether it's the family games or maybe you've got those wine glasses in front of the fireplace, make sure those games are there for the guests to access. The wine glasses are in the cabinet so that they can get those wine glasses out and make sure they can, the fireplace is usable and they can recreate the scene that they saw in your staged photo. Right. So that's always the same you know, the same thing that we've been talking about. Don't be misleading. It has to be real. So, I mean, this is not like a real estate property where you're staging a house and then they're buying it and they're not getting those things that are in there. This is, you know, a guest experience. People are going on vacation. So it's very important that you're not misleading them. You're showing them, you know, what they're going to actually have when they're there. And that feeling you're trying to give them emotion and show them what they're going to have while they're staying and what they're going to feel. So you want them to actually have those things and not it to be fake, right? Completely agree. And then I think the only other question, I know you touched upon guest experience. So in your opinion, what is the best guest experience right now? The best guest experience right now is the one that not just meets the expectation of the guest, but exceeds the expectation. As my friend Heather Bayer says, that wow factor. And I think a lot of that 
expectations and setting the guest experience has to do with the communication, both the visual communication of your photos, the listing description, and then the communication between booking and arrival and through the stay and afterwards. So all those different communication workflows um, of messages, whether it's email, text, phone calls, a card in the mail, all these different things, it creates that expectation of how you're going to be treating the guest, not just before you have the money, but after you have the money, while they're there at your place. And it just wraps them up in those warm fuzzies and they want to stay with you. I like that. Yeah. It's like, and I think that bar is one that a lot of people can clear, meaning beating their expectations. Because if you're honest about, you know, where your property's located, what it has, what it doesn't have, et cetera, I think you could have a you know, modest rental, right, in terms of its location or its price mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. But like you said, if you over deliver, right, then you're going to have someone that's happy, you're going to have someone that's probably going to want to come back and stay again, especially if they feel like they got a good value, they got a good deal, and they had a great experience. So I love that. I love Absolutely. That. And you don't have yeah. to have a luxury property either. I mean, right. I, I think guests took even wrote about this property near near us. It's in St. Louis. I don't mm-hmm. know if the property is available anymore. But it was literally a house with nothing in it. And it had all five-star reviews because the pictures and the listing description were accurate. The expectations set were accurate. People knew exactly what they were going to get. It was not oversold or undersold or anything. Right on. Yeah, I think I do. I think that's an old post that Jessica had put together. And it, I believe it was a very low price as well, right? Like 30 bucks a night or something to that effect. But mm-hmm. the person was super honest about it. And, you know, they're like, I think there was even some jokes in the description as well, if I recall correctly. We'll have to, we'll dig that out and we'll toss that in the show notes because that's a good, that's a good throwback to the, uh, to that post. Love it. So if someone wanted to learn more about you, Tyann, how would they do that? You mentioned at the top, obviously, all these things you're doing. Is there one place we can find you or do we just have to <laughs> stay with you and all your different properties and, you know, get a touch day guidebook and what's I, going on with you? Yeah, I like all of that. So you can find me at tyannmarsink.com and that has links to just about everything that I do, including my two brands of vacation rentals, a touch day digital guidebooks. I do website design. Occasionally I'll do photography for the right client again. And if it fits into my schedule, and I am a podcast host with Andy McNulty. We have the guest cast and this podcast is traveler stories. And we dig into why a particular travel experience really affected them in their entire life or business and how it changed them. And then we talk about how we as host owners and managers in the hospitality industry can apply those lessons to what we do in business and how we give travelers an experience that they can remember as well. Awesome. Yeah, we're definitely going to check that out. I've listened to a few episodes. I believe you guys interviewed Brandon Fishkin and he tweeted it. And uh, I was like, that's fascinating. You know, the two people that I know from kind of different worlds, this kind of SEO world and the vacation rental world kind of ended up colliding on that episode. So that was a fun listen. And definitely we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. I also talked about brands and family retreats down at Table Rock Lake. And then we have Missouri House Vacation Rentals. And it's H-A-U-S, the German spelling, over in Missouri Wine Country near where we live. Um, it's where I bought a bank. And you can legally launder inside my bank as I turned <laughs> into a vacation rental. We tell folks you can bank on a good time. And I then the other puns that are not public is, you know, I want to put a sign that says in the bathroom, deposits here only. And then, you know, there's things like, we're not going to rob you of a good time here. And, you know, 
so many different puns you can do. I just love it. So we have historical vacation rentals in, in wine country. And then everything in both brands are dog friendly because our mission and purpose is to be able to embrace the entire family. And that includes dogs and any properties that we add, we do our best to be handicap accessible if possible. All our places, almost all our places in Branson are, and then Missouri wine country, several are just with historical homes. That's not always possible. And then occasionally I'll do consulting and I am a podcast host with Andy McNulty. We have the guest cast and this podcast is traveler stories and we dig into why a particular travel experience really affected them in their entire life or business and how it changed them. And then we talk about how we as host owners and managers in the hospitality industry can apply those lessons to what we do in business and how we give travelers an experience that they can remember as well. For sure. I think you have a, a 15th job coming up, which is you're going to be our pun copywriter. If we ever need a few puns or people request them, I'm going to give you a ring tie in and we're going to get you, we're going to get you locked in on the pun side. We have some great copywriters, but I don't know if anyone can come up with puns like that. So I will pass you off to my husband and my dad who are excellent at the dad jokes and Conrad, they can give you a little bit of training as well. And <laughs> Because I, I repeat them from them. So that's where I got those from. Yeah, I met, I met both of them. I, that doesn't surprise me, actually, especially with, with your husband. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll put a bow on a tie-in. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. I think that you've given everyone listening a ton of value. And with, I'm with you. If you have the chance to work with Tyan in any capacity, I would definitely recommend it. She's someone that I've worked with for a few years in different regards. And yeah, I'll just a very knowledgeable person who sees the full picture, which a lot of people don't. You know, they're too focused on their one thing. Tyan sees really the whole thing end to end. So thank you so much for joining us, Tyan. We appreciate it. Thank you, Conrad. Thank you, Alessandra. I love it. I appreciate you asking me and I enjoy talking with you all. Well, awesome. thank you, Tyann. I wanted to just say that I was really excited because I've always heard of Tyann and I finally <laughs> got to kind of meet you today. So that was so exciting for me, actually, in the vacation rental industry. So thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate your time. Uh, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app of choice. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to email us, info at guesthook.com, and we will see you on the next episode.